Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Gus, the first meal I had outside my own home following the quarantine was at your house. Brought over a bunch of meat. I brought over my Alpine Touch, but I didn't bring it home. I forgot it at your place. Our first meal was made better, as every meal is made better by Alpine Touch on basically everything. I put Alpine Touch hickory smoke on my cereal in the morning. <laughs> It's, it's reached that level of usage. And the fact that you left it, I knew that you left it at my house. You brought it over, left it at my house. And like a real jerk, I said nothing to you because I was like, well, that's mine, dude. That's it. You came to my house. You left it in my house. And I'm eating all of it. We've gotten so far into this Alpine Touch obsession, I think, that I just think we might be able to host a podcast about all the things that you can make with Alpine Touch. It would be short. Everything. (laughs) They have a bunch of different varieties of spices, as we know. Uh, They are local from the state of Montana. Shoto, shout out, original Alpine Touch. And it's great when it's not just local, when it's not just supporting the state of Montana, but when it's also actually the best thing that you can get. I mean, when it comes to spices, uh, it's second to none. So, boys and girls, use your Alpine Touch. Colter, tell them where they can get it. AlpineTouch.com, no matter where you're at in the entire world listening to this, if you are in the United States of America and you make an order of over $50, which, you know, if you get yourself the Grand Slam and maybe some barbecue sauce, some sunflower seeds, you're there. Free shipping anywhere in the United States of America right now. Uh, so go to AlpineTouch.com. They're rolling out all their summer Big Mountain flavor packages. The sunflower shoots are really, really good as well. Alpine Touch has got you covered. Alpine Touch, Montana's special spice. Now from the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. Welcome back. Tutel Nuanez, hour number two. How D? If you missed anything in hour number one, Listen on the podcast. It's Tutel Nuwana's podcast brought to us, as always, by our friends at Alpine Touch and Blackfoot Communications. You can also check out the podcast, by the way, on all your favorite podcasting platforms. I like the podcast, man. I'm getting into it. I'm fancying myself a budding podcast person. Not podcaster, but like one who's interested in podcasts. 
certainly I'm interested in my own. I got to re-listen to it to know what we talked about. You know, you never you never really get it the first time through. Uh, if you would like to uh, give us a call, you could do that, 361-3688, 361-3688. We'll be happy to uh, talk to you anytime you would like to. You can also text that number, send us a text, let us know what you think, what's going on, reactions as we go, 361-3688. All guests join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. And you can also listen live on the website, 1029ESPN.com, 1029ESPN.com, just numbers and then letters and then the dot com it's that easy you go listen live on the stream stream is available all the time thanks to opportunity bank opportunity bank your local bank your opportunity coulter the nba postseason is uh shortly upon us i don't know exactly how many games we are and i know that not every like i think that the, the the blazers have played two more games in this restart than the spurs have as of yet so uh we still got so a, a, a couple more playoff games to get sorted out. The main thing that needs to be figured out is that eight slash nine seed in the Western Conference. That's the number one thing that we don't know yet. But here's the deal: in the East, we know all eight teams that are going to be playing in this postseason, and at least one versus eight and two versus seven. We basically know what the matchups are going to be because I don't think there's enough uh, games left remaining to change the seeds at all. We also know that Boston is going to be the three seed. It's just the uh, four, five, and six seeds that are a little bit up in the air right now. Uh, as of right now, uh, in the East, Brooklyn and Toronto are going to be playing in the seven and eight. Uh, uh, excuse me, the seven versus two. Orlando and Milwaukee in the one versus eight. But Philadelphia, Indy, and Miami are like a game and a half apart from each other in four through six seeds. Uh, We saw Ben Simmons down. He's out for the rest of the year. Joel Embiid tweaked his ankle just the other day. looks like it's not going to be all that uh, big a deal. But, Coulter, we've spent a lot of time in the West. Obviously, I think the firepower is in the West, not just the L.A. teams, but in general. And outside of Milwaukee, you kind of go, eh, ho-hum. Once again, Toronto not getting any love, even though they are the defending. I mean, have you ever seen a defending NBA Finals champion who's the two-seed in their conference get less of a just a look whatsoever than Toronto? Well, we've never had the reigning Finals MVP leave the defending champions. It's before. a fact. It's a fact. The exit of Kawhi Leonard is like, you know, who are... I think more than anything, everybody's impressed. Like, whoa, Toronto, you're still the two-seed in the East? Pretty good without Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, it's... uh, When you fire a coach that was largely successful, and that firing is surrounded by controversy, but then it comes out on the other side, and... People honestly forget who your coach used to be. That's one of the most fascinating things in sports. I can only think of a couple different parallels. But the the, the three parallels, especially in the NBA, that comes to mind is Doug Collins in Chicago. Doug Collins had the Bulls as a playoff team. He had Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan, by and large, loved Doug Collins. But they could never get over the hump. They couldn't get past the Pistons. They couldn't get past the Celtics. So they fired Doug Collins. They upgrade. Well, I guess at that moment, they just pivot to Phil Jackson, which then turns into being a, an amazing upgrade. You could say, well... Part of it was this the blossoming of Michael Jordan. Part of it was, you know, the fact that Larry Bird hurt his back and Isaiah Thomas got a little bit older. But still, Phil Jackson and the Zen Master Ways was a huge yep. um, portion of the Chicago Bulls turning the corner. Mark Jackson won 54 games with the Golden State Warriors once upon a time. He got fired. They hired Steve Kerr. People thought, what are we doing here? 
Then the Warriors won 10 million games over the next five years, went to the finals every single year, and they had one of the greatest runs, and in my opinion, arguably the greatest modern run in modern history, the 21st century, yeah. under Steve Kerr. And now we're seeing it play out in Toronto, too. Dwayne Casey was the NBA Coach of the Year. And then the Miami Heat, or I guess the Cleveland Cavaliers, excuse me, with LeBron James, smacked the Raptors. And Dwayne Casey got fired. And they hire this nerdy-looking guy, Nick Nurse, and everybody's thinking, who, well, who the hell is this guy? Nobody's heard of him before. And he's sporting a 2006 goatee. And now he's got a ring, and he's got an inside track at another one. And uh, I think that he, he's proven a lot of people wrong. So um, there, there's, seen- there's a lot of factors to the Toronto thing. But I want to talk about Toronto a little bit more in the scope of this playoff conversation. Because... When it comes to seven-game series that are played on home courts, yes, you ride your horses. You ride your superstars. Depth, having an 11-man, ban- 11-man rotation is irrelevant. Well, now we're in a bubble. Now you got to create your own energy. Now there's not a home court advantage. The number one factor that I think that the pundits are not talking about enough is that teams that do go 10 and 11 deep, which has been a foolish idea to operate like that in the playoffs in the past, it's no longer a foolish idea. It makes Toronto an absolutely viable NBA championship threat. I mean, it it all comes down to, can you play your 9th, 10th, and 11th men in a Game 7 on the road in Cleveland, in Miami? No, you can't. On a neutral court, I think it's a lot more... Uh, feasible. I see. Okay, so it's a, it's it's about it's not about the, having the legs to to run your best players. It's no, about no, no, no. The, the circumstance. It's just about in having the, the trust. You know, I got you. like a, a guy like um, I'm trying to think of of a good example. Just some second year. Well, I was going to say I was going to say Van Vliet, but I said is a guy like Fred Van Vliet going to step up and hit a big shot on the open court? Of the court? <laughs> yes, he absolutely. Will. Hell yeah, he is. He's actually one of the guys in the league I would take over everybody. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of a guy like like Rondé Hollis Jefferson. I don't really know how many minutes you can play that dude in a playoff game on the road. In a neutral site, though, you can give him his 18 yeah. to 20 minutes and spell Pascal Siakam a little bit. Mm-hmm. How many times have we seen Kyle Lowry be, I mean, Kyle Lowry sometimes looks like the best point guard in the NBA when he's playing in Toronto. Other times, he's looked horrendous on the road. I think that's why he's come under such fire. But letting Norman Powell spell Serge Ibaka is not that possible in road games in the Eastern Conference Finals. You can do it just a little bit now. And and I think that that's going to be a big difference maker. And I think it is why Toronto certainly could be in the mix more than people are giving them credit for right now. At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running from networks and security to communications and 24-7 support. Our team works with you to understand your technology demands, then deploys the right solution for your unique needs. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business. Blackfoot, connect to more. In the uh, West, uh, it looks very much like... So, by the way, the Lakers are the number one seed in the West. Okay, that's a done deal. They will play whoever the eight seed is, and we'll get into the scenario there. Dallas, it seems like, is is they're only a game behind Utah, but they're 
I think in 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 pretty stable position in the seven. So Clippers Mavericks, Coulter. If we imagine that this is the series that we're going to have there, yep. how great is that series going to be with Doncic, Doncic and Porzingis going against this great deep, you know, obviously elite in terms of the superstars, but the the, the supporting cast outstanding with the Los Angeles Clippers as well. That's going to be. That's going to be an awesome two seven series. Like you don't usually get series that are two versus seven that have that kind of firepower in. Them. Well, no doubt. I mean, the the Mavs are you know I mean they're going to be a 45-46 win team by the time it's all said and done. That's pretty darn good for a seven seed, all things considered. But I, I said this on the uh, the Make It Rainy podcast, which will come out uh, shortly, uh, that we recorded with our main man Sean Rainey over at SWX Montana last night. It's his new betting podcast. So stay tuned for that. We'll have it on all our variety of social media outlets. But we were talking about the perils of betting the. NBA playoffs this year, and I think that that's one factor. I think that the smart betters are going to be the ones that are the guys. We're talking like, concerned about the NBA playoffs, guys that go after matchups. Yeah, Where, where's the matchup advantage or disadvantage? There's a couple guys right now in the West. I, I, we always want to talk about the, the Clippers get so much credit because Kawhi Leonard and Patrick Beverly can guard. Most of the superstars right now in the NBA are ball-dominant guys. Kawhi Leonard and Patrick Beverly can guard most of those ball-dominant guys, at least to a certain extent. To me, though, the two biggest matchup problems in the West are the two non-ball-dominant guys, Anthony Davis and Christos Porzingis. That's why this Clippers-Mavs series could be interesting because... Okay, you can throw Kawhi on Luka Doncic, or you could throw Patrick Beverly on Luka Doncic. But Doncic is is not this explosive James Harden type guy. He's a glider. So that hyper-aggressive up-in-your-shorts defense, I think it flusters Doncic less than maybe any ball-dominant guy in the West. Yeah. Him and LeBron. I mean, because you can't fluster LeBron. But yeah. But Harden is way more is way more annoyed and yeah. perturbed with Patrick Beverly than Doncic because Doncic is he doesn't need to dribble ten thousand times he's just gonna glide through and make the pass and hit the thirty footer and and that's what he's gonna do. But who do the Clippers got for Porzingis? That's the question. Who's anybody got? Totally. And and the number one thing that the Clippers need, and this is this is where really knowing the rosters, when it, especially when it comes to the picks and the gambling side of this thing, comes in. But but just regardless, just in terms of analyzing it. The Clippers, and this is a precarious situation to be in, to, to be sure. The Clippers need Montrez Harrell to be healthy. Mm. He's going to be an X factor for him because can he guard Anthony Davis? No, he can't. Can he guard Chris Osprezigas? No, he can't. But he can guard those two guys better than anybody else they got. Yeah. And you'd need those twenty five minutes and those four fouls. Yeah. Just to to impede the progress. Because I mean, let's be honest. I yeah, I saw a stat last night. In the Lakers' wins in the bubble, Anthony Davis is averaging 39 points per game. In his lo- in the losses, he's averaging 12. But he's rolling right now. When he's got it going, ain't nobody stopping Anthony Davis. But you've got to just figure out a way to get somebody in front of him to mitigate the foul trouble in the minutes for everybody else. And Montrezl Harrell's been in and out. I mean, he, he's been, he was out of the bubble. He was actually outside of the bubble lately. Uh, he just returned today. That's the headline on ESPN.com right now. But you don't want to get into a situation here for the Clippers where Paul George is guarding... Christos Porzingis, right? right? Or right. Paul George is guarding uh, Anthony Davis because Paul George is an awesome defender. But you're going to get Paul George in a foul trouble if he's guarding those two guys. So I, I don't know. I think that that Dallas Clippers series, the Clippers are obviously the favorites. Sure, sure. sure. But I do think that the, the Mavs present a bigger matchup problem for the Clippers than probably anybody in the West besides the Lakers. Uh, it is worth uh, noting what is going on in real time as we're talking right now. 4.57 left in the fourth quarter. 
the Boston Celtics are beating Memphis by 13, 110-97. Uh, 13 points is, you know, is not a significant margin in the NBA, as we talk about all the time. But the way that Memphis has been trending, I think they've only won one game since they've been in the bubble, and they were like three or four games ahead with that eight seed when when the restart happened. So if they lose this game to Boston, which uh, they, they do have some a work to do down 13 with under five minutes to go, uh, they, that they may well fall out of that eight seed for the first time. And what, what does that do to them psychologically? Elsewhere, Portland playing Dallas, they're up five, the Trailblazers are. 42-37, 8.55 left in the second quarter. Obviously, a ton of time. Who knows how that game's going to go. But if Portland were to win and Memphis were to lose, Portland would be in as the eight seed at the at close of business today. The uh, San Antonio Spurs, by the way, already winners. 123-105 over Houston. Phoenix also beat Philadelphia. How good is Phoenix been since we got this thing back and rolling? San Antonio. Phoenix should be good, though. That's I thought they were disappointment yes. coming into this thing. I They have, they have uh, the worst... The worst problem that the general public doesn't understand, and that is they have the worst owner in the NBA. And that matriculates through the entire Whoa. organization. Whoa. I mean, I, I don't I don't, I don't think that it's even close. I mean, you remember you when... You want to go to Cleveland? He, uh, Dan Gilbert has Gilbert? way more name recognition because of the crybaby letter that he once upon a time wrote about LeBron James. But I don't think that there's really any uh, owner that's worse than Robert Sarver. I mean, once upon a time, the the Phoenix Suns were a a perennial, at least playoff team. Oh, absolutely. For for I mean, our my whole life. I yes. mean, from the late '80s all the way through the late 2000s, and because of his refusal to pay the luxury tax, I mean, you chase off guys like Jerry Colangelo and Steve Kerr. Enough said. Yeah. Uh, by the way, San Antonio with that win also pushes them in, you know, they're they're right there within a game of being into that 8-9 matchup. And if the Spurs get the 9 seed, Coulter, and then lose on the play-in side of this thing, do they still get to count themselves as playoff? Because what's the streak at? Like 20 how many seasons? Since, since they won their first title with Duncan, which was 1998-99 season. So 21 or two years of playoff. Yep. yep. Appearances for the San Antonio Spurs. Yep. Very impressive. Stutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. On the other side, Grizz Greats, the silver anniversary of the 1995 National Champions. It's a podcast series which we are uh, very excited to bring to you. We are working on this hard uh, right now. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that team and kind of what that meant and, uh, and give you a little update on where we're at in the progress of this thing right after this. Hey, Kurtz Polaris is at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Sealy. The weather outside, perfect, beautiful. So go play around in it. Dirt bike, off-road, get on the lake, do some boating. All of these summer activities are at a maximum at Kurtz Polaris. Beta and Husqvarna dirt bikes, the tops in the industry, brand new, 2021s for the season at Kurtz. They also have the top of the line, Polaris side-by-sides, who have carved out their name as industry standard in the world of side-by-sides and four-wheelers off-roading with the Rangers, the Razors, the Generals. Go fast, get work done, have fun with Polaris side-by-sides, or if you really want to just Enjoy yourself. And really, at the end of the day, it's not about winning. It's about joy. This is what I'm trying to tell you, Coulter. You go ahead and get yourself a Crest pontoon boat. Crest 
pontoon boats, the best you can get out there on the water, cruising around, checking it out. Some of the way you always envision with Kurtz Polaris online at KurtzPolaris.com. Coulter, during this time where we got to be a little bit socially distanced, it's nice to know we can get out on the links and play a little bit of golf. And nobody better than Western Birch to get your round started right. That's right. Golf's been definitely one of my favorite pastimes during quarantine times. It has recently landed my new Western Birch customized golf tees. Go check out Western Birch golf tees at westernbirch.com. These classy golf tees are made of 100% white birch hardwood and printed with high quality color right here in the United States. A company founded right here in Montana. These durable wood golf tees, perfect way for you to market your business. Just think, anytime you break a tee, your brand is sitting on the tee box forever. You can hand them out to your clients, your buddies, your golf partners, whoever. Great way to earn top-of-mind awareness while also playing a sport we all love. Again, you can check out all the cool designs online at westernbirch.com. Add your logo on a 1,000 of any of their tees for $150 delivered to your door. Give them to clients, friends. Watch them get impressed by the quality of the look of a simple golf tee and by your creativity. Give Western Birch the opportunity to show you what they are talking about. Email and ask for Chad at info at westernbirch.com, info at westernbirch.com, or follow on Instagram and Facebook, westernbirch.com. Two-Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Howdy, hope you're well. Hope you're having a great day. Thanks for being with us. We appreciate that. Uh, at... Gus Tutel on Twitter at 1029 ESPN at Skyline Sports MT. Those are your uh, relevant Twitter handles. You go check it out. Um, yeah, so Coulter, you just mentioned this in the Sports Center, but uh, again, worth noting uh, that the, uh, the 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 Paddleheads, uh, what is it, Big Sky Professional Baseball, I think is the parent company's you know name, is suing Logjam Presents and the City of Missoula for two hundred thousand dollars for lost revenue, basically, as a result of the Mumford & Sons concert, which took place. And we, if you remember, it was uh, pouring down rain the entire day, soaked and softened up the field. Then 13,000 people showed up, and, uh, well, you got what you get. And, in fact, it, it was partially the, the crowd that was there. And also, I think the state, uh, the stage itself, right, was so heavy, and it, like, compressed down into the outfield and the next two home stands uh, were not playable and I guess I thought there had been some resolution that had been come to but ultimately it appears that is not the case so now uh, there is a, a lawsuit that's been filed and 2020 keeps right on rolling yeah, I, don't really, I don't really know I don't really have much to say about it the city of Missoula is included in the lawsuit as well so that's an interesting fold uh, it's because as, as log jam and the city are, are partners and so it's kind of you know for at least for that concert or the venue and something like that so that's it's uh a, a two for one as I understand it yep all right well we'll uh, keep you posted as we know more, we will uh, pass it along to you. A couple other details in terms of the Mountain West cancellation. Yeah. Um, I know that we've confirmed that the University of Montana is not playing fall football. Montana State sort of up in the air still. They have not officially canceled their September 19th home game against Dixie State. Um, not really sure what the climate is going to be. But as we know, though, the um, – Big Sky Conference is allowing teams to choose to play three non-conference games in either the fall or the spring. 
it's a somewhat of an arbitrary statement because I don't think that there's going to be any chance to play in the spring. How do you play non-conference games when the season's already slated to start the last week of February, the first week of March? I cannot imagine anybody's going to find anybody to play anybody on February 1st. That's not happening uh, anywhere in the country, I don't think. But there were, a, we, as we know, the Pac-12 canceled all their non-conference games a long time ago, more than a month ago. The Mountain West, though, had a 8-plus-2 schedule in the works, which means they could play two non-conference games each until, of course, they canceled yesterday. But there were some Big Sky teams they were sort of holding out to maybe play those games to get some money. Weber State was slated to play at Wyoming. Sac State was slated to play at San Diego State. Idaho State was slated to play at Fresno State. UC Davis was supposed to play at San Jose State. Southern Utah was supposed to play at Utah State. And Northern Colorado was supposed to play at Colorado State. All of those games actually intriguing because Weber State-Wyoming would have been a good game. Yep. Sac State, San Diego State would have been a good game because I think San Diego State would probably be a little bit down this year. And Sac State, you know, there's a lot of mystery around them, but it would have been an interesting deal. Idaho State, they need the money. UC Davis, San Jose State. UC Davis beat San Jose State when they played two years ago. Southern Utah, Utah State, it's obviously an in-state game in Northern Colorado, Colorado State. Ed McCaffrey's debut, and, uh, I mean, Greeley and Fort Collins are an hour apart, so you would have had mutual local interest as well. Uh, by the way... Jordan Hansen, another Missoulian, uh, tweeted this out. I thought this was good. He said, uh, quote, I'm serious when I say that the only college football teams in the country that will be playing this fall are Carroll, Rocky Tech, Western, and Northern. <laughs> and, man, I mean, this we talked about this before. When the not Legion, but what has been Legion State Baseball uh, commenced in Montana in, what month was it, Colter? Did it May? Mm-hmm. April, May, when they started, finally. It was probably May. Yep. Uh, I, I am not aware of any other organized sport at the high school level or higher that was happening anywhere in the United States of America other than Legion Baseball at that moment in the state of Montana. And it's not outside the realm of possibility that the state of Montana is the only state in America that has college football being played between with home and home between those five NAIA teams doing the eight-week round robin. Get your cameras out. It's amazing, man. It's going to be a lot of shine for a lot of... When college game kids. day goes to Butte. Oh, how great's that going to be, huh? Pork chop Johns. <laughs> Medals. It's going to be a wild year in the frontier, man, because there's there's a lot of uh, there's actually a lot of intriguing storylines. I mean, there was a time when I think that peer institutions thought that they would never catch the Grizz, and peer institutions thought they would never catch Carroll College. Carroll College had it rolling. Oh, they had it rolling. I mean, they were to the point where it, it was it was a uh, we're not going to even lose. I mean, we're we're going to have classes. Is it more impressive to have four straight natties or be on the cover of SI? Well, I, I would say uh, probably the second in my long line of concussions was from Brandon Day, the guy on the cover of Sports okay. Illustrated. So I'll always gravitate towards that one. Yeah, I yeah. I, I have been on the Brandon Day. Uh, 
bandwagon since we were sophomores in high school because if you can knock me out, you can knock anybody out. Yeah. And I couldn't believe that he didn't get a chance to play for the Grizz, but he went to the... I mean, he went to Carroll as a four-year starter. as all Americans on the cover of freaking Sports Illustrated, and he's got a handful of rings. So I think he did just fine. Yeah. But uh, either way, man, I don't know. I would say that um, if you were to ask me, honestly, I'm going to cut your finger off unless you tell me the truth. What's the fa- your favorite story you ever wrote in your entire career? My favorite story I ever wrote, the headline was Haunted by Ghosts, and it was... Uh, a story all about the lineage and the ties between Catholicism, Helena, Montana, and the dynasty that Mike Van Deest built at Carroll mm. College. Mm. And you talk about a player-run program where tradition dominates everything. I mean, that, Kyle Baker was a four-time All-American center at Carroll College. He was the one that, that basically penned that headline for me. He said, when you walk down the corridor onto the field, you feel like you're haunted by ghosts. Because of all the legends of the past, you can hear Pada Petrino yelling at you. But it's just amazing that Carol that that ever got derailed. Yeah. But but it's a great example of how all good things come to an end. It didn't take a scandal or anything like that. It just took the you know variety of different things, hirings of really good coaches at of the other Frontier other Conference schools. schools. Yeah. You know the great uh, turf installation at, at Montana Tech that really. Set, set the pace. Mike Van Deese retiring and Chuck Morrell kind of taking over at Montana Tech as the, the dawn of the Montana Frontier Conference schools. And I thought that Chuck Morrell really changed the landscape of what college football is in Montana because Montana Tech, because of the petroleum engineering program, because they have that that kind of that feeder college where you can you can have guys take some generals before you get into the actual Montana Tech University. And because it's an NAIA school, you can do that. It's like basically their own little junior college. You can get guys eligible, keep them eligible, and then get them into some of these harder upper division engineering classes. Um, the rest, I mean, a little bit of the resurgence in Butte. I mean, Butte, Butte was fast-tracking towards becoming a ghost town, and it's leveled out a little bit. There's some industry going on in Butte now. We have some of the major companies in Montana that are based in Butte now. The mine is operating again at a, at a much more healthy level, and so that, that influenced Montana Tech's resurgence. But I think that you know the Mo- Mo- Western's done a good job. They've recruited some really g- great players. Jason Ferris, obviously leading the way now. He's playing for the Carolina Panthers. You know, Mark Sampson and Kyle Sampson really laid the groundwork at Montana State Northern. They're a little bit more competitive. Rocky Mountain has done some good things as well, and they've had some talented players go through there. But I think that for people that are wanting a football fix this fall, that are missing the Cats and the Grizz, because college has become so expensive and the Frontier Conference Schools has done a good job of raising a little bit of money to be able to offer at least a little bit of scholarship, a lot of guys have chosen to go that route rather than do the preferred walk-on. And that's one of the ways, I mean, it's robbed the Cats and the Grizz of some really good players, but it's also made the, the Montana schools in the Frontier really elevate their level of play. And so I think for people that really want a football fix this fall... If you watch the Frontier Conference, there's a certain there's certain positions that are distinctly different. They're they're not they're not on par. I mean, there's no Sammy Akems running around in the Frontier, you know. There's no um, Bryce Sturks coming off the edge. Yeah. But a lot of the talent is really darn good. I yeah. mean, there's been some quarterbacks in the Frontier that could have absolutely played in the Big Sky. I mean, Quinn McCreary was right in the mix at Montana State before he went and lit the world on fire at Montana Tech. Austin Dodgers at Southern Oregon a couple of years ago. I mean, that kid was straight. D1 all the way, and he proved it. They won the national championship at Southern Oregon. So I think if people need a football fix, if you go watch the Frontier this year, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. You'll see a lot of really good local kids who are really talented football players and a lot of really good coaches as well. It's two telling new on us, 1029 ESPN Radio. We were going to talk about 
Grizz Greats, the silver anniversary podcast that we're doing. We didn't get to it, so we're going to get to it right after this. At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, our team works with you to understand your technology demands, then deploys the right solution for your unique needs. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business. Blackfoot, connect to more. Welcome back to Telling Iwanis, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and podcasts everywhere. Rate, review, subscribe, listen to the Telling Iwanis podcast wherever you get your podcast. Check it out and uh, listen on your time at your leisure and so on and so forth. We appreciate that very much. The uh, podcast brought to us by Alpine Touch and Blackfoot Communications. Uh, Coulter quick update for everybody in terms of uh, some NBA action going on right now. The Memphis Grizzlies uh, performing a spectacular free fall have in fact lost to the Boston Celtics. I believe that is their seventh loss in eight games or six loss in seven games uh, since re-entering the bubble. 102, uh, 122-107 their loss to Boston. Right now Portland is up six with 30 seconds left in the second quarter uh, over Dallas, 64-58. If Portland wins that game, they will take over the, uh, for now, eighth spot in the West. So uh, there you go. That's where where we're at. Just want to let you know. Get the money, baby. 600 to 1. Okay. Uh, Coulter. I need this, Gus. Oh, jeez. That's I'm going to be living at your house. Come on over. i got plenty of room. I'll make fried rice. Make Kyle eat it. He will. He loves fried rice. You know why? Because it's food. <laughs> uh, Grizz Greats, Coulter, the silver anniversary of the 1995 National Champions. We're very excited to be bringing you this uh, this podcast series. Uh, we will be releasing the first one of these in about a week and a half uh, from now. Uh, and we will uh, keep you apprised on, on who, what, when, where, why. And we've already started... Um, get the process of of obtaining these interviews and and we're going to be recording starting tomorrow and uh, the list of folks that we have associated with this is uh, very long and growing and it is very distinguished and we're very excited about it but as we think about this Coulter, first of all, it's the 25th anniversary, right? The silver anniversary of the 90, 1995 National Championship team. And when you look at that team, the players that were on it, you and I uh, have been rewatching the National Championship game against Marshall, played, by the way, at Marshall. Yep, Huntington, West Virginia. Um, what One thing that I had forgotten is the Grizzlies didn't uh, allowed 14 points to be scored in total between their three games leading up to the national championship game. Yep. Uh, they had uh, 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 shutouts in their first two games. They gave up two touchdowns in the in the semifinal. It was okay they gave up two touchdowns in the semifinal, though, because they scored, what was it, 70? 70-14 to 14 against Stephen F. Austin in the FCS semifinals. 
I guess the Division One AA playoff semifinals at that time. But yes, seventy to fourteen in the semis. That's uh, yeah, that's a substantial win. I think Stephen F. Austin probably wants to come to Missoula again less than any other school because uh, the only two trips they've ever made to Missoula, they lost seventy to fourteen and fifty one to nothing. The fifty one to nothing <laughs> game, they turned the ball over. Count them up eleven times. You know, I'm I'm amazed. Did they didn't give up 151 is all, all they uh, got. Yeah, I mean, that was that game was the definition of partying on the pile, man. Those those were uh, those were my boys that were playing that afternoon, and uh, I think that every single guy on the defense had a had a strip or, or, a, or, a, or a pick. Yeah, um, you know, it was uh, the, the 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 national championship though, 1995. The Grizzlies won 22 to 20. Uh, Andy Larson hits, you know, the game-winning field goal. He also hit, by the way, a 47-yard field goal to open the Early, scoring. Yep. And I, I've, I'm wondering, I'm looking forward to talking with him because I wonder how big a deal that was for him. It was his, long, it was his longest uh, field goal of the season, that, that first kick that he made in the first quarter of that football game, and to hear, you know, how did that set the stage for what was to come. And, uh, and like you said, I mean, Don Reed, who took over a, a middling football team and program and with with other factors going on, no doubt, but but as the head coach, took them to not just national prominence, to national elite, to the national champions, and then hung them up, and then you know that that program rolled well in 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 some ways is still rolling, but as, from from 1995 till about 2010. And there's nobody better than the University of Montana Grizzlies in football uh, when it uh, when it comes down to it. And that was the – it wasn't the beginning. The beginning was before the game, but the that was the stamp that the arrival had happened and that the, the, the process of the build, the foundation, as it were, was complete. And now – the, now you roll, right? Now the Montana Grizzlies just keep just keep it going, and they did through multiple teams, through multiple coaches, all the way through for for fifteen years or more. The uh, the way that when the Division One AA was was created, because there used to be Division One, Division Two, and most of the schools that are in the Group of Five now, as well as the prominent FCS schools were in that Division Two. Yeah, and Montana State's national championship in nineteen seventy six was a Division Two national championship. And I know that a lot of uh, Grizz fans always give Montana State hell, like, oh, you guys have three national championships, but one was NAIA in 1956, one was Division II in 1976. Well, to be fair, uh, Division II, it's not as if it was a down level. It was actually a more stacked level when the Cats won in 1976. But regardless, when Division I AA was created in 1978, it it was almost an utter crapshoot the first uh, about seven years that – they had the tournament. Whoever was the hottest team was the team that was going to get it done. Boise State caught lightning in a bottle, did it in 1980. Idaho State did it in 1981. We all know about the epic run Montana State made in 1984. But then dynasties started to take over. Eastern Kentucky won two. Georgia Southern won two. Then all of a sudden, Georgia won, Southern won their third, and then their fourth. And then Youngstown State with Jim Tressel rose up, and they went in 91. Then they went again in 93. Then they went again in 94. And they had the one that they didn't win that denied them from four straight was Marshall's first national mm. title. And then Marshall was the the, yeah. the the next dynasty. The reason it was so impactful that Montana did this is they kicked down the door and announced that, hey, you have Eastern Kentucky, you have Georgia Southern, 
You have Furman. You have Youngstown State. Montana is here, and then Montana was there to stay. And, uh, you know, I mean, obviously Youngstown State went on to win their fourth in 97. Georgia Southern won their fifth and sixth in 99 and 2000. But then Montana came back around in 2001 and won their second. And it's interesting because the FCS has been all about dynasties this decade, but that's actually not new. Hmm. There, the FCS playoffs has catered to the hottest team or the dynasty team, and really nowhere in between. Because you've had you had the App State dynasty three in a row, you had this NDSU dynasty, but then you've also had teams that got hot like Eastern Washington. Eastern Washington was not even the outright Big Sky champs the year they won it in 2010. Villanova was kind of a lightning in a bottle team, and they won it in 09. Richmond yeah. in 2008 was, you know, an eight-win team coming out of the regular season. They were like the third or even fourth team out of the CAA to get in the playoffs. Got red hot, won the national championship. So it's been kind of two sides of the coin. But the team that has outlasted and remained through all of that, I know that Montana hasn't been as dominant this decade, but still a prestigious top ten program in the country to be sure. But that set the tone. That that announced their presence on the national stage. They'd been building that. They were kind of this upstart program in this rural area. But then it was like, bam, we have this West Coast, or I guess this Rocky Mountain West power. And they've sort of carried that flag ever since. But this was the landmark moment when they won that national championship in 1995. Well, I'm I'm certainly excited to uh, to do this, to get going on this, and to hear the stories. I mean, you like you said, you know, you were eight years old watching in the Wilma, but I, I was in high school and and remember vividly the uh, n- not even so much the game, but the the celebration. I mean, the party that was. You know, Missoula, Montana, and uh, the the arrival of the team at the airport and getting off the plane and all that, and the you know the 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 whole celebration, the parade, and all of it. And uh, I look forward to the stories, man, to hear the accounts and the recounts of you know the the entire season and you know what that what those you know memories are like 20 feet 25 years after the fact you know and where that stands and it's cool too because there's a lot of folks a lot of a lot of people associated with that team that are in Missoula still or have come back to Missoula after having had some time away and there's a lot of people who are we we don't even know where uh, a lot of the folks you know the players are some of the coaches that were uh, so so deeply entrenched with this team where they're at right now, and that'll be fun to find out as well. So I think it's going to be uh, entertaining for everybody. And look, you know, want to give you something to look forward to for crying out loud, you know, give you something to listen to and uh, and and remember the old days. And thank good, you know, you can watch the entire game, no commercial on YouTube. You just watch it on YouTube. How great is that? What, what's the deal? Like, uh, it's a hundred years. After a book has been published, it just becomes part of the public domain and there's no copyright, hmm. right? I believe that uh, anything that was filmed before YouTube was invented, just as you know, it's just free on YouTube. Anything that happened before about 2006, maybe what is it, 2010? I don't know. When did YouTube start? Mm, good question. There's definitely a tipping point for YouTube. I think it's probably started way earlier than we ever imagined, but there was a tipping point when it became this endless place for archiving of all footages. I mean, I guess so. They Are ha- we going to be on YouTube forever? I hope not, man. Me too. Yeah. 
here's what I'm worried about, not worried about, but like it's all just in servers, right? Don't they have giant air-conditioned underground rooms full of computers somewhere in the California hills? Like what yeah, happens like when the earthquake happens? Yeah, like in Butte and Anaconda. Oh, yeah, right there too. Yeah, the, they just... Oh, no, that's the Bitcoin, the only thing that's ever been explained to me in detail by experts extensively that I cannot comprehend. People t- ask me... Do you want to you want to invit, invest in Bitcoin? No, I'd rather sports gamble. That's I got such a much higher likelihood of success. Not because it's more likely, just because I I understand what a point spread is. Bitcoin, I, I have nothing. I, I am so out to lunch on Bitcoin. It's just it's brutal. Okay, well, I've tried. To, I mean, I've watched documentaries about it. I've 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 had. Hours long dinner conversations with people that work there that are very smart that I still I don't get it. I don't get it. Coulter, where will the parallels of our life ever cease? You know? I'm totally with you on this. I don't know, but I decided to release the Grizz Grits and we will start rolling those out we here will. in uh, a matter of weeks, I suppose. So a week after next, little, I think is when we're, yeah, we're, we're planning on start rolling them. But we'll have a full football fix for you from a variety of different angles of people that were front row for uh, a seminal event in the history of the state of Montana. Boys and girls, have a wonderful rest of your evening. Thanks for being with Coulter and I on Two Telenuanas for listening to ESPN Radio and watching on SWX Television. We will see you tomorrow. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.